Thank you for tuning in into the New Life Church Downtown Podcast. If you would like to get connected, follow us on Instagram at NLC Downtown Little Rock or email us at downtown.podcast at newlifechurch.tv. I'm excited. Summer is here. Who needs a good summer? Our whole world needs a good summer. And so I I pray that that we get to go to baseball games this summer. I pray that we have cookouts this summer. I pray that we have pool parties this summer and enjoy life. I I believe, I I believe, and we're going to talk about this this morning. I believe that life isn't meant to be endured, but it's meant to be enjoyed. And, And there's different ways you can do that, but you can have joy even in in, in seasons of difficulty. Amen. And and joy actually is not a demand from God, but it's a result of discipleship and walking with Jesus. God doesn't demand you be joyful. All right. You can get to heaven grumbling the whole way. Uh, But as you walk with Jesus, I I believe that you're going to find more and more joy in your life. And so this is one of my prayers for you. Uh, Hebrews 13, 21. It says, may he equip you with all, everybody say all, all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing in him. Don't you love that? Every good thing that's pleasing in him, all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. I'm praying that over you. I've been praying this one over you too. Uh, Third John. Yep, that's right. Third John, deep track. Uh, chapter one, verse two says this. It says, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. And so praying for you guys, believing for you guys. And this past week in small group, we were kind of talking through some of this in my Wednesday morning small group. And one of the guys said, man, I wish you'd preach a sermon called how to stay close to God when things are going well. And I said, challenge accepted. And so this morning, uh, the the title of this sermon is How to Stay Close to God When Things Are Going Well. So let me pray, and we're going to jump into the Word. God, we thank you for your Word. God, we thank you that you are immeasurably good. God, that you're immeasurably kind. God, we thank you that you provide for us everything that we need. And so, Jesus, we just honor you. We give you honor for the life you lived, uh, the death you died for us, and, and the power Uh, of your resurrection. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you move in us. You speak to us. And and Father God, uh, we just love you. We honor you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, amen. Amen. Let me read a a scripture to you. Proverbs 30. Go with me to Proverbs 30, verse 8. Who's got their paper paper Bible with you? If you got it, wave it at me. Flop it. We're going to have the scripture right behind here. Here's what it says. Proverbs 30, verse 8 and 9. It says, uh, verse 7, actually. It says, Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me to never tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I'm too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. How do we stay close to God when things are going well? We're going to talk about that here in a second, but anybody try to plant any grass this spring? Anybody plant any grass? Nope. How'd it go? Great success. Did you do sod or seed? Oh. Different solutions for different problems. He's a smart man. Who else? I see somebody else raise their hand over here. Plants, plants, they don't want to raise it again because it did not go well. Uh, 
And so I, I, you know, I've had a couple rounds of trying to get grass to grow in a few places in our yard. I uh, did seed the first time, and just like the Bible says, the birds came out <laughs> as I was spreading the seed and ate it, and not one sprig of zoysia grass uh, grew up in that part of the yard. And so he, here's the thing about ordering sod. Who in here has ordered sod before? You do not just go to the sod store and get sod, okay? It doesn't work like other things. You call, and some lady answers the phone frantically. She says, hey, how can I help you? What do you need? <laughs> and he says, I need, some, I need some grass. Can I come get some? She says, no, maybe get some next week. Depends on if it rains or not. And you're like, it depends on if it rains or not. Yeah, I'll call you. Let me get your phone number. I'll call you. How much you need? And you're like, I don't know, a, a pallet? Two, is that an amount? Two pallets? Okay, okay, we'll call you. Boom, hangs up. Might call me, might not. She didn't even get my phone number. Uh, <laughs> And then they will call you during the week while you're working and say, we, we got shot in today. We need you to come pick it up, be here at 1230. Can you be here to pick it up? And it's like, I mean, I suppose, you know, I, I, <laughs> I'm going to have to find a trailer or whatever. So I got that call last week and I frantically go out to get it and borrow somebody's tiller, till up the ground. Uh, laying sod is hard work. All right. My legs are still sore. And that was last Monday. Okay. Uh, so laid, laid out the sod in one part, part of my yard, but the second part I was in a predicament. So a few things, uh, one, there were weeds in the yard Two, It was raining. All right. And so like, I'm just in this, what's happened. Why is it feeding back? There's a running joke that in second service, my mic feeds back every week, and I'm not putting it up with it anymore. <laughs> I'm going to call it out so you get used to it. Uh, okay. I will stop right now, and I will go home. <laughs> I'm taking this abuse. Uh, so I'm out there in the rain by myself, and I'm like, I've got weeds, and I know what's going to happen if I lay sod over the weeds, Right? That those weeds are going to grow up through the sod. And I'm like, if I don't plant it, the sod is going to die because it's going to keep raining and I'm not going to have time to get it down. And if I do plant it, I'm going to be battling weeds uh, for the next few years. And so as I'm laying it down, I'm like, isn't this just a life lesson? Like sometimes you find yourself in a place where you have no choice but make a hard decision, Right. Like, there's not a great decision. You didn't necessarily do anything that majorly wrong, but there's not an easy decision to be made. And so as I'm laying it, I'm like, okay, like, I'm up for the battle. I'm going to be battling these weeds for the next year or so. I'm here for it. Here's what I want you to know. What you do in seasons of peace will dictate what you're able to do in seasons of war. Now, the truth is, I had time to kill those weeds, right? Like about four or five times in the weeks coming up, I was like, you know, I should go probably put some ground clear on those weeds. I got time, right? And then I find myself in the situation where I've already purchased the sod. I didn't know what to do. And so how do we handle our seasons of peace well, right? I don't know about you guys, but for me, I don't have a hard time praying when my life is falling apart. Can anybody testify? Like when everything is going wrong, I'm like, yep, pretty sure I need God. You know, I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to church. But when things are generally going well, I'm like, ah, I'm going to sleep in today. I'm not going to get in the Word today, right? And then a day turns into two days, turns into two weeks, turns into two months, turns into a year, and you're like, I haven't been in the Word in forever, right? 
Anybody, just be honest, my hand's up. I've done that before. Anybody else be honest, say you've been there before. Why is that, y'all? When we don't have the pressure of the battle, it's hard for us to do the things that we know we need to do to stay healthy, right? We, we see this within the scripture. Look what happened to David, the, the, the classic story of David and Bathsheba. David was supposed to be at war, but he decided he wanted to stay in a place of comfort, right? What did he do? He compromised. Man after God's own heart fell. You know, if that can happen to him, it can happen to us. There's another popular story about King Uzziah. Maybe you've never heard that story, but basically King Uzziah had it all going on. King Uzziah was killing it. Uh, he was a great king. And then one day, he decided, you know what? I, I can offer my own sacrifices. I don't need the priests. And he goes in, goes against what God asked him to do, and he gets stricken with leprosy. Listen, here's what's crazy. Uzziah means Yahweh is my strength. His name literally means the Lord is my strength. But he got so arrogant because of his success that he started thinking Uzziah is the one who's strong, right? And now he's remembered as the king with leprosy. Y'all, one of my biggest hearts for you guys is that as you go through this next summer, I'm praying that things go so well for you. I'm praying relationally things go well for you, things go well for you in your marriages, with your kids. I'm just praying that this is just like the sun is out, but it's like the sun will just shine in our world. And then I'm just praying we have a season of peace here. But how do we stay strong? How do we stay close to God as we go through this season? Okay, I got a few things for you. Number one, we got to stay faithful. Stay faithful. Eugene Peterson said this. He said, a disciple is a learner, but not in the academic setting of a schoolroom. Rather, he's a learner at the work site of a craftsman. Following Jesus, it's not academic. You're joining him in his work. It says, we don't acquire information about God, but skills in faith. Isn't that good? As we learn about God, it's not just information about God, but it's skills to sharpen us in our faith. You know, recently I've gotten into Jerry Seinfeld. You guys, anybody else like Seinfeld? Like this TV show? Okay, or I get it. You don't like it. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. Has anybody watched that? I love that show. I love Jerry Seinfeld because he's the man and he knows it, right? Like he's just bold. He's got like this strong, deep personality. He corrects his guests, which you don't see a lot, you know? Uh, but one of his guests, I think it was Steve Harvey, he asked him this question. He said, how has the success not gone to your head? He was like, I know so many people who've been successful like you, and they're just weird, and they're out of touch. And Seinfeld goes, am I weird? Am I out of touch? You know, I can't really do his voice, but I tried. Uh, was it okay? Let me give myself a six out of ten. I'm some self-awareness. You know, it was okay. Uh, he said, how have you stayed balanced? How have you not gotten basically like drunk on the power and the money that you've made? He said, I'll tell you. I've, at some point, he said, I fell in love with the work and it wasn't about the money, it was about the work. And so he's like, I still wake up at 6.15 and write jokes. He was like, just like I've always done. Why? Because I love the work. Yo, there's something for us there. I think so often in our relationship with God, we start loving the benefits that God gives us but we fall out of love with the work that he's called us into. You know, the truth is, is that we're created, we're loved by God. We're going to talk about that in a second. We're, we fell, we were tempted by the devil. That's what the scripture says, that we fell, all fallen short of the glory of God. But God sent us Jesus, amen, and he redeemed us. And now 
We join in God's renewal plan for the earth. But water that stays in a bucket and doesn't pour out gets stagnant. And the same thing will happen with your faith. If you go through life, if you're not faithful to do the things that God's asked you to do, faithful to, think, to do the things that God showed you in the, in, in the times of the battle, the things that made you strong, you will stumble in your faith. So stay faithful to reading the Word. Stay faithful to prayer. Y'all listen to me. Stay faithful to your communities. Listen, my heart for you guys, if I could be honest with you, I told a few pastors this this week. I'm going to tip my hand what I'm praying for for the next three years. In three years... My goal is to engage this church not as a collection of individuals, but as distinct pockets of community that are doing life together, that are doing ministry together, and they're going out and loving the, the orphans and the poor together, right? Isn't that what God's called us to do? That's where we're headed. If you want to know where we're headed, that's where we're headed, is growing in those ways together. So here, here's my question for you. How do we be faithful in community? Number one, who are you committed to? Who are you committed to? Not who's committed to you, but who are you committed to? Covenant. If you study covenant, I don't have enough time to unpack all this right now, but if you want to learn more about it, write it down. Covenant is not something that stays together only when both parties hold up their end of the bargain. Covenant is a relationship that we enter into and we say, no matter what happens, I'm committed to you. I'm going to walk with you. Y'all, that's the type of community that the world's hungry to see. That's the type of church where people come in and say, I want what you're offering. Why? If our communities are just as flaky as the world's, what kind of testimony is that to the power of God, right? But God's called us to live in an intentional community together, to be committed to each other in covenant relationship and live missionally together. So number one, who's your community? Who are you committed to? Number two, what's your mission? What are you praying for? What are you battling for? In this season of, of, of peace that I'm praying we have, <laughs> what are you praying for? What are you believing for? Because listen, just because things are going well for you, here's what I know, being a pastor, I, I get some benefit in this. I get to hear the things that are going on, people who are battling cancer, people who are fighting for their families, you know? I know you guys know people who are going through that. As a community, we've been faithful to continue to pray, to continue to battle for those things, amen? If we do, We'll move from strength to strength as a church. Uh, stay faithful. What time is it? 16. Okay, I'll give you one more thing in that. Know your rhythms. Know your rhythms. Every year has a rhythm, right? We all know. What's the busy time? Somebody yell it out. Christmas. Back to school. What's another busy time? Summer. What do you do? Always got something to do. Y'all, everybody has different rhythms. For me, things slow down a little bit during the summer. Why? You guys are going on vacations. You're doing different things. It's just not as busy around here. I love summer, uh, but th that's, that's part of it. Then we hit August, right? Kids are getting back to school. Everybody's getting back into their rhythms. From, from August through November, that's busy time, right? We're going for it here at the church. I know that. Then I'm going to have a little break around Thanksgiving. Then we're going to get real busy leading up to uh, candlelight, Easter, or sorry, candlelight, Christmas, all that stuff. And so for me, I've learned the rhythms of my year. And I know when my downtimes are going to be, and I try to think proactively, what am I going to do with those times? 
Usually those are times that I review the season before and I pray towards what does God want us to do in the season that's going to come. And so I want to encourage you guys to do that. As you get those downtimes, as you get those rhythms, man, ask God for vision for your life, vision for your family. Review with your family the busy season you just came out of. Amen? Stay faithful. Number, number one, stay faithful. Number two, stay thankful. Uh, stay thankful. Two and three are going to work together. Thankful and humility. But I want to read this to you. Psalm 50, 23. It says, Give, giving thanks. Look at this is a sacrifice. Have you ever thought about it like that? I never had until I read that. Giving thanks is a sacrifice. Why is giving thanks a sacrifice? When you're thankful, you're giving credit where credit is due. When we're thankful for the, God, the things that God brings to us, we're giving him credit for the good things he brings into our life. Amen? So we got to stay faithful. we got to stay thankful for the things that God brings us. Number three, we got to stay humble. James 4, 6, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Uh, great philosopher, um, John Mayer, Mr. J.C. Mayer, uh, said this. He said, bragging about a talent you have is about as interesting as bragging about a gift you've been given. <laughs> Bragging about talent you have is about as interesting as bragging about a gift you've been given. Y'all, any talent you have, listen to me, this is, this is true humility. Any talent you have comes from God. Are you a natural born leader? God gave you that. God put that in you. Are you creative? God gave you that. God put that in you. Are you a talented musician? God gave you that. God put that in you. Do you have great business ideas? God gave you that. God put that in you. Do you love to serve people? Do you just have a heart of mercy? God gave you that. God put that in you. You know, for me, I've always been relatively brave. Okay, another word for that is stupid. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to climb. This is not a tall preacher's tale. This is the truth. Uh, you can MRI my ankles, and they'll tell you. I used to climb up in the tree, and I would jump out of the tree and see how high up I could get jumping out of the tree. Like God just wove this into me. And so we used to sing this song called You Make Me Brave. Uh, you all remember that song? You make me brave, you make me brave. You call me out beyond the shore to the waves. Y'all know that one, right? Okay. And I used to sing that song and I'd kind of disengage because I'm like, ah, you know, like I just didn't really relate to it, didn't connect with it. And uh, one day the Holy Spirit just hit me with, you know, and, and, and reminded me of all this stuff. Like God said, I made you brave. I made you brave. And the whole meaning of that song changed for me. And I got to worship and say, God, you made me brave. This is something you gave me. Y'all, when we recognize that our gifts are just that, they're gifts from God, God humbles us. And God gives grace to the humble, but God opposes the proud. I'm telling you, humility will unlock more opportunity in your life than anything else. In this season that you go through, one of the biggest pitfalls that I have in my life is I start looking at the peace that I have. I start looking at the things that are going well, the places where we're winning. I love to win, okay? Like, I just love to win. And I start looking around and thinking, you know, I'm the man, <laughs> you know? Like, I'm just killing it all over the place, just a winner over here. You know, as soon as I start thinking like that, I check my heart. And I say, okay, something's getting off in me. Something's going on in me. I'm starting to take credit for this work that God's done. Amen? 
So stay faithful, stay thankful, stay humble. I love this catechism. It says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Number four, stay generous. Stay faithful, stay thankful, stay humble, stay generous. Luke, two, or Luke 12, 15, Jesus said this. He said, beware. Everybody say beware. beware. Guard against every type of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Life is not measured by how much you own. You know, Jesus teaches on this. And I, I think one of the pitfalls we can have as Christians is we become fearful of persecution, right? Jesus teaches about persecution will come life-threatening persecution. Uh, people will revile you. People will hate you. People will say bad things about you. I think for us as Christians in our culture, we get intimidated by loss of influence and power within the culture, right? Have you all noticed this? I mean, the truth is the church of Jesus is going forward all across the globe, but in certain pockets of our country, we're becoming more and more the minority in the way that we think, political power and things like that. And there's a couple of different ways that, that you can react. You can become angry and forceful and try to force your views and, and your opinion on people, or we can step back and we can trust in the ways of Jesus. We can invest deeply within the community that we're in, and we can watch the world, or we can let the world watch what God's doing, right? As God renews people, as God restores lives, as people love each other deeply. teaches about life-threatening persecution, but Jesus warns us more strongly about life-threatening possessions. Listen, I, I talk to pastors all across the world, and, and one of the most common things, I was talking to a guy who pastors in Hong Kong. He's an Australian dude. Love him. I talk about him a lot, actually. Uh, he's pretty wise. But he said, mate, something I've noticed. All your pastors are burnt out. What's that about? Everybody's talking about burnout all the time. What is that? He said, I was like, really? You don't experience that where you're at? He said, no. <laughs> We're serving God. We're chasing after God. You know, he's going through his whole thing. And I, I, I talked this past week. I, I was with a group of pastors, and we were kind of discussing this. Why do, why do people get burnt out more in the United States? It's because our possessions, our success, our wealth is sucking the life out of us. And, and, and we're living in a way where we have so much that we don't have to trust God to satisfy our needs. So we satisfy our needs ourselves. And we find ourselves empty and worn out and exhausted. And Jesus warned us in Luke 12. He said, be careful that the things you own don't suck the life out of you, that the things you own don't end up owning you. And I think that we have an epidemic in our culture, and I think we have epidemic wealth. <laughs> Proverbs 30 said, God, I ask that you give me two things. Don't let me be a liar, and don't let me be rich or poor, because if I'm either of those things, I'm going to miss out on what you have. So how do we handle our wealth? How do we combat these possessions that are killing us? We live with generosity. 
we release the things that come. We recognize, I, I, I said it wrong in first service, and Austin McCaskill came and gave me a better way to say it, so you're going to get the better way to say it. This one will be on the podcast, as they say. Uh, <laughs> uh, he said, God trusts the church to steward 10%. That's the tithe. He said, and God trusts us as individuals to steward the 90%. You know, I had a buddy one, one time we were in a leadership meeting, and afterwards he said, you know, for me, uh, he was an entrepreneur. He said, the way I think through tithing is every time I give, I say, this doesn't own me. This doesn't own me. This doesn't own me. God knows how we're wired. God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. God wants you free. Y'all, listen, as you go through seasons of favor, as you go through seasons where things are going well, don't let possessions, lust for possessions, come in and suck the life out of that season. Proverbs, it says that, the desires of man are a bottomless pit. <laughs> you can never fully fill it. So number one, let's stay faithful. Number two, let's stay thankful. Number three, stay, what was it? Humble. It's humbling. Uh, number four, stay generous. And the last thing, I even wrote it in my notes on the last page so I wouldn't do what I just did. <laughs> uh, last one, stay content. Stay content. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned how to be content with whatever. Everybody say whatever. 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 Come on, say whatever. whatever. I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing, and I know how to live with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. Look at this. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Y'all, nothing will bring you more contentment in your life than finding your identity in the person of Jesus. I'm telling you, how, how does this play out? Dudes, this is how it's played out for me. Maybe you can relate to this. I remember distinctly about six or seven years ago, I, I was in sales and was doing decently well. I had some other areas of insecurity in my life. And I remember looking in the mirror and saying, I'm hitting my sales numbers. I'm making some money. Not as chubby as I was a week ago. <laughs> I'm okay with myself. I can do this. I can move forward. You know, isn't that so often how we live life? Like, is, is, if, if things are looking good in our bank accounts, if we're winning at work, it depends on what motivates you. If, you, if you're seeing other people do well, or maybe you've hit your weight loss goals, or you've got lots of friends, or whatever, then you're okay with yourself. But the truth is, that's not real contentment. That's not real confidence. That's sand. And when the storm comes and your stomach is empty and your bank account is empty, what's going to be enough for you in those moments? You know, Jesus, I, I, think, I think one of the biggest lies of the enemy that Satan feeds people is that to be a Christian, 
you've got to be poor and you've got to be like really serious, you know, never have the sin of having too much fun, you know, no, being a Christian means that without Christ, you're, you're in poverty anyway, that your possessions, the things that you have are never going to satisfy you in the way that you want them to. It's understanding that the things that we lust for are not going to fulfill us in the ways that, that we, we hope they would. And so what is it for you? What, what's, the, what's the area this summer? Y'all listen, I, I want to reiterate this because <laughs> it's a little somber. I want you to have fun this summer. I want you to laugh with your friends this summer. I want you to cook out and cook brisket and invite me over. I want you guys to garden. I want you to get outside. I want you to go to a football game with 75,000 screaming fans as long as our health officials recommend it. (laughs) Right now they are. But you could have all that and you could have a great summer and you could enjoy it. But what I want more than anything is I want you to stay close to Jesus. Because if we stay close to Jesus, we will see the power of God move in our community. You want to know what motivates me, what what gets me going, is I want to see people win in their relationship with Christ. I want to see people find financial freedom. We've got some friends in here. I'm not going to call them out, but I want to. They're, They're going to be leading, hopefully, Lord willing, some financial peace classes. I want to see people find peace in their finances with Jesus. Amen? He wants that for us. I want to see people break the chains of addiction. I was talking to a guy before service. He's learning how to do that. I want to see people find peace in their hearts, peace in their minds. I want to see it be in Little Rock as it is in heaven. I want to see God's kingdom come, his will be done here as it is in heaven. And so here's what I want to encourage you to do. Take this summer. We're going to, I didn't promote the series. In June, we're starting a series called Sunday School. All right? It's going to be fun. We're going to get into into some fundamentals of the faith. You're going to hear from me and some other pastors around. It's going to be a blast. But I want you all to take this summer and just get full to the brim because we got some work to do. Amen. Hey, guys, Pastor Bronson here. just want to say thank you for listening in. Uh, Our hope and our prayer is that this podcast equips you on your walk, your journey with Jesus. And so please like, subscribe, share, help us spread the word. We love you.